as I last promised, I watched the last three episodes of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinets of Curiosity. And, well, um... Yep. Welcome to another episode of the Smartass Supernova podcast. Uh, following up on my last episode, which was the first part of the two-parter, I uh, have wa- now watched all of the first season of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinets of Curiosity. Uh, I watched the last three episodes recently, so i uh, going to go straight into my review here, my reactions. And uh, first thing, I don't know if I really talked about the um, intro with Del Toro, and he does an in- intro for every episode. And uh, Del Toro, he-, he is difficult to understand, obviously. Well, not obviously, but English is his first, uh, not his first language. Um, and and it, you can really tell that. I no fault to his own. Um, acting as the, the narrator, the introductory uh, part to each episode, he does try to explain and and names the director because this is all about giving up and coming directors uh, a chance to to get their names out there and their work out there. Um, it, so it is a little a little tough to understand. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, and and then the opening credits, which I don't think I touched on, uh, which are which are kind of cool. You only really need to watch them once. It's not something with a great song or, or anything that that keeps you wanting to go back. But they are they. Do does look like kind of a a CGI Ripley's Believe It or Not like display. Um, so it's kind of cool for uh, for a look. Um, so the first episode, which would be episode number six of eight. Um, let let me tell you, these last couple episodes were really tough to get through. But let me uh, we'll discuss. Um, so the, the sixth episode is was entitled Dreams in Witch House. And this is the uh, second Lovecraft story in a row. Um, and, and you can really, if you knew anything about Del Toro and you know his love for Lovecraft, this is no uh, surprise. And, and I really, for all the things wrong with Prometheus, uh, you know, the failed Ridley Scott uh, alien prequel slash alien movie that wasn't an alien movie. Um which kind of held a lot of the same plot points as um, what Del Toro wanted to do was take the uh, Lovecraft um, story at the Mountains of Madness. And and really, once Prometheus came out, the worst thing Prometheus did was, was kill Del Toro's attempt at making that movie when he said, ah, it covered the same same points that were would have been in my movie. So thanks, Prometheus. Um, so, so this um, uh, episode... Opens up with uh, two young twins. They're they're ginger twins, um, and and the, the brother is the sister is sick, and the brother is going on about how he vowed to protect the sister, and then the sister dies. Um, and and you know to disprove common theory, uh, gingers do have souls. Uh, so this this the sister's 
ghost uh, comes out and, 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 is, and is pulled away um, and, and traumatizing for the, for the boy. Uh, grown up boy is played by Rupert Grint of uh, Harry Potter and just as terrible as the actor was in Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty bad in this as well. <laughs> Um, so, so he starts off and, and he's searching for mediums, uh, working for a spiritual society. And he's also a bartender, uh, sporting a terrible, uh, bad us accent and, and a terrible hair. It, it's part orange and, and then like with a band of white across the middle, it doesn't look good. Um, and, and, and he just, it, he's not good. Um, so, um, He's looking for mediums. Oh, I'm sorry. There's going to be spoilers in this episode. If you haven't listened to the last one, there's spoilers in this episode. So you can stop now. I apologize for not saying that earlier. Um, so he's going around these spirit for the spiritual society looking for mediums that are legit because he's trying to get in touch with his sister. Uh, winds up meeting this individual who brings him into this underground society and, you know, uh, takes this this vial, which they call liquid gold. I, I think it's supposed to be opium. Um, and it takes him to the forest of lost souls, which is a limbo where, you know, those who can't move on, uh, you know, are. And uh, he sees his sister there, and before he can really talk to her that much, he's pulled back. Um, and, and then... Uh, you know, goes more and more into this opium den or this, this underground den, um, tells his, his friend. And now I don't know exactly what the, the relationship between the two main characters, the two male main characters are one. I don't know if they're roommates or they're friends or they're, they're, you know, lovers, whatever. Uh, but this, his friend basically, looks like and acts like a dime store version of Trevor Noah from the Daily Show and and I'm not a fan of Trevor Noah so you could you know then assume how I thought about that character um so he reads this story about this witch and how she has this you can stay at the hotel now and and it was this witch um you know specified and and really got in trouble years ago for going between or talking about going between worlds or universes or whatever. Uh, so he goes, stays at this hotel. Um, it, it, it goes to a scene where he's in sleep paralysis and there's blood coming from the ceiling. And then you see the witch and this horrible CGI rat man. It's this terrible CGI rat with, with a human's head. It's the size of a rat's head, but it's a human makes no sense and 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 this witch is not scary it's she has this really blight bright orange glow to her it's not scary i don't know what they were going with for with this um and then you find out that like twins are key to transport matter through dimensions uh so he goes you know travels through the dimension brings his sister back this upsets the whatever it ups it upsets the the nature of things we'll say uh so they run to a church and and then you know the the witch is is threatening them and then this witch kills the nun from exploding the, the stained glass windows and this nun dies from cg terrible cgi glass uh 
<laughs> Grint's terrible overacting continues. Uh, we won't cover too much more of it because it's really not very good. Um, so meanwhile, you know, he finally learns to let his sister go. She moves on, goes into the into the afterlife. And then he, you know, goes into the attic where the blood was coming from and the witch is burnt up. And But the rat man is still alive. And then the rat man, like, runs through his body and, and eats the middle of his chest and kills him. And then, and then puppets his body, becomes the puppet master for his body. So this rat man is um, walking around puppeting Rupert Grint's body. So I, I don't know if you could get this from my description, but obviously this has been the worst episode so far. The whole idea behind this show was getting a lot of up-and-coming directors uh, exposure um, and getting them out there. Um, the only director that I knew of, uh, pro, you know, from name-wise name um, in this series is the director of the next one called The Viewing. And the director of that one is... Uh, Panos Cosmatos, uh, the director of the very good Mandy, um, also the son of the puppet director George P. Cosmatos. And if you don't know anything about this, um, Stallone used him on uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two in Cobra as the director when Stallone really uh, was a driving directing force behind those movies. Um, and then Kurt Russell uh, later a couple years later, was looking to do Tombstone, kind of wanted to direct, but didn't want to put his name on it, and and talked, reached out to Stallone, who I guess from being friends, they worked on Tango and Cash together before that, said, hey, do you know anybody? I'm, I'm looking to direct, but I don't want to put my name out front. Um, and Stallone said, boom, Cosmatos. So this is his son, and his son's got a very unique, very trippy style, and it really comes through in this uh episode um so it starts out in 1979 and these these individuals get these invitations to this place called uh sandpiper house and it opens up very stylistically of of uh you know the gloves uh on an individual driving around uh the style the lighting the b-movie lighting is is just an a plus so cool to look to look at and um so it opens up on these four individuals then and and they're all discussing who they are and or well they don't really get into who they are just yet uh, but they're talking about how they all received the invitations and then shows up hector in hector's van and this the van i don't want to describe it because the van is just wonderful in its wonderfulness um cut to a scene of uh heroin use and uh you, you cut to wonderful RoboCop actor Peter Weller. Um, and the best thing about this is Peter Weller is looking more like David Carradine and Kill Bill than Peter Weller. Um, so you get into it that the color scheme is all, if you've seen Mandy, I, and I blank on uh, Panos Cosmatos' uh, first movie, um, but the, the color scheme is still the same. It's very trippy, very bizarre, uh, very secretive uh, ideas here. And uh, the, so the four individuals, you have a novelist, uh, a psychic, an astrophysicist, um, and a mu music producer. And the music producer is kind of more the focus of the four of them. And that's the uh, played by Eric Andre, who stand out. Him and Peter Weller are very much standouts in this episode. Um, 
and Eric Andre uh, is a music producer, and they really focus on him, and and he has his void inside, and, and his he's known for being you know a, a popular uh, producer, music producer, creates hits, but he's at that point in life where he doesn't know does he take the creative risk. Uh, you know, is he in control of the machinery? Is this machinery becoming in control of him? And then once again, he's got that void inside that can't be filled. Um, so Peter Weller's character then refers to his doctor, who he says that really he works for. The doctor uh, gives out, which I believe was a combination of like a cocaine and, uh, and an angel dust. And uh, they all go in and... and Take and partake in the in the drugs, and they so then they you get into more information on why all these individuals were brought there, and they were brought there for the item showing, and they do their conversations and backgrounds on everybody, kind of building up the anticipation for this item showing. Finally, they get to the item showing, and it is they don't know the Peter Weller Weller character doesn't know what it is. Is it a? It's a big black power totem maybe a meteorite an obelisk they don't know and and they pose the question are they looking at it or is they or is it looking at them um starts to break apart um you know emulates a crazy noise and, and starts to sends out lightning starts to kill individuals and bring them into this monster that it becomes now eric the eric andre character the music producer and the astrophysicist are able to escape um and what happens is this monster takes on a human almost a human monster form uh with it with a giant head um uh so the eric andre's character they get away they're safe um and then the monster uh which which really kind of harkens back to an 80s slasher slash like demonic type monster uh, goes through a, goes out through a tunnel out into the real world and it leaves you off uh, as as this monster is walking out of the tunnel and kind of walks out into like almost an industrial type city. So it's got the the industrial um, complex and, and behind it is a is a city. So it kind of feels as it's leading off like this was the birth of of a slasher uh, a denom. Dem- demonic killer slasher type character um it's worth it to watch it for the for the view um it looks beautiful the sound is beautiful uh builds up great tension uh it's worth a watch it's worth a watch on to the last of the eight episodes and this one is titled the murmuring i don't know if you can tell in my voice but i'm not really psyched about going over these episodes um I didn't really enjoy them. I promised, you know, I said in my last episode that I would do this. So I promised I'm, I'm doing it and I'm going to keep this one short because it's, uh, it's really the worst episode by far out of all eight. Um, it opens up on, on a woman giving, and this is, you know, has that early 1900s feel that a lot of these episodes have late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, the woman is giving a lecture on, on these birds and um, Andrew Lincoln is one of the characters, plays her husband. Um, I'm really not going to give you a lot of description on this because I really dislike this one so much. Um, it, it's really a, a, it's a ghost story, and it's the types of ghost stories you've seen before where the living individual's problems 
uh, as they go to a secluded home mansion where there's a history of horrific events. You've seen it so many times done before. So the living people's problems, uh, you know, equate to the dead people's childs. There's a dead dead people's problems. I'm sorry. There's a dead child. Um, you know, they they get shocked by the ghosts and it increases the problems between the living and then they help the dead and that he, that helps them come to accept their own issues and and we'll begin from here it's it's overdone it's not done very well it's bored me to tears i don't want to talk about it anymore uh it's a terrible way to drop the first season which really had a lot of promise um so I'm going to wrap up this episode because I did mention um, in the last episode that The Walking Dead was ending and I was just about to reach that final Walking Dead episode or The Walking Dead proper show. Not uh, there's Fear the Walking Dead. There's like short stories. I don't watch either of those two. Or I, I tried watching Fear the Walking Dead in the first season and gave up. I heard it's good. I I just don't care anymore. Um so I mention it just because I brought it up, even though the last episode really doesn't deserve a mention. Um, it, it's a pointless episode to set up this universe that they've been pushing in commercials. Um, there was real, really no hard ending to the show. Um, the Commonwealth, who was the new bad guy, it was a lame solution to how they ended that problem. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, out of the main characters, there's one main death. It's not a super main character because we all know they're all moving on to side project, you know, side shows, side projects in the Walking Dead world. So it's one character dies. It's lame death, whatever. Um, honestly, I have no interest in the spinoffs. Um, for me, Zomb, even even the Rick one, it, it just doesn't look good and. Zombies for me are my favorite type of horror genre. And since the 28 Days Later uh, and the, the remake of Dawn of the Dead when zombies started really kind of Shaun of the Dead, when they really started coming back into the zeitgeist, they've been around for, we're talking 20 years now going. And a lot of that staying power is due to The Walking Dead and how they beat that dead horse. Um, but... It, Honestly, I'm sorry, but zombies need to go away for a while. You know, it happened with, with vampires. They needed to go away. Um, werewolves, they went away. They pop up every now and again, but the zombies have been beaten to dead. Ha ha. Um, but they need to to go away for, for a while. Anyway, uh, that's the end of this episode here. I appreciate you tuning in. I'm um, sorry I couldn't give you... Uh, better news. Do I overall? Do I still think you should watch this? Uh, the Curious Cabinet of Curiosities. I think you should check it out if you're into, uh, you know, on the horror side of things. Um, there are. I think there's more good than bad. Um, and as I said, most of the fun is seeing how it gets there, not the actual twists or the payoffs. Because you know, if you know anything about it, you've seen them these these type endings before. But how they get there is really good. I uh, appreciate you listening. Um, I do want to say that my format, I'm going to be tweaking it and working, working on things a little bit. I'm going to move in a more away from the 
positive actualization stuff. Pos- you know what? It's interesting, but I'm not a doctor. Um, and to be honest with you, it's not as fun as talking about movies and music. That's what I've really enjoyed uh, on this series, and that's where I'm going to go with it more going forward. I'll, I'll work in the individuality and the, um, you know, standing out from the crowd and, and a lot of these episodes. And I also want to try to um, really work more into a uh, a discussion type of show rather than just me talking here uh, out to you, rambling at nothing. Uh, I want to try to create maybe a roundtable type of discussion thing. And, and as much as I like the term like adult playhouse, because <laughs> it just sounds sounds pornographic. But I, I want to be like an adult where we all talk about and share and, and have this fun stuff about stuff we love. And, and it's, you know, not doesn't have to be serious stuff we love. It, it's for the fun distractions that we have. And, and that's really where I think we're going forward with this. I hope you, you know, my tens of viewer, of listeners, uh, you know, follow along. I'm going to try to do a lot more work. And as we are getting towards the end of 2022 and going to try, you know, ramping this up a little bit more in 2023. Um, I do appreciate all you listeners. I'm not going anywhere. Um, still, you know, moving forward and, uh, you know, like share, do all those things. And, and I really appreciate everything. And, uh, you know, I'll be looking for a new, you know, outro say, you know, saying too. So, We'll find out what that is. Oh, that's a teaser. Please stay tuned. Wow. Bye-bye.